You're listening to episode two of the Genealogy Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Peter Berry. Today, I'm going to tell the story of how I struck family history gold when I first researched my mum's family history. When I first got interested in my family history back in the 1990s, I had to start my mum's side from scratch. I knew that she was born and brought up in Newtown, Powys, in Mid Wales, and I knew that her mother had come to Newtown from Yorkshire sometime in the 1920s, but not much more. So I sat down and talked to my mum to see what else we could figure out. The first thing we did was to sketch a family tree based on everything that mum knew. I still have that sketch, and I would recommend that to you as the best first step if you're starting out your family history from scratch, or even if you're just starting a new branch. We started with Mum's mother, Florence, who was born in 1902. We knew she had an older brother, James, and that their parents were Richard Towers and Grace Greenwood. We knew nothing about Richard's family, but Mum knew that Grace had had three siblings, brothers John Henry and Tom John Henry had a wife called Mary, and Mum knew Tom as Tom the policeman. And also there was Polly, a sister. And she knew the names of some children of John and Tom, and also knew that Polly had never married. Talking to Mum about my nan Florence, I discovered that when she had died in the 1970s, Mum had inherited a few items that would help with the family history. First of all, there was a family photograph album which we knew was a Greenwood album, and we were able to identify one or two photos. We could certainly identify the four siblings, that's John, Tom, Polly and Grace, when they were younger, and their parents. But, unfortunately, not a single photograph in that album was labelled, so we didn't get very far with that. Please, a lesson from that. Label all the photographs in your family history files for your future family to know who the people are. And then we struck family history gold. Mum had got Florence's birthday book and her postcard collection. And I'm going to explain how we used those and what there was in them, but looking back, I have no doubt at all that these were the keys to open up the family history on Mum's side. There were things that I know today which I just would never have been able to find out any other way. It turned out that when Florence was a young girl of about 12, she had begun recording birthdays in a birthday book, and she had recorded the birthdays of her friends and her family. And what's most remarkable is that she kept it the rest of her life, and she kept it updated during the rest of her life. It's a lovely book to look at. There are early entries that were written in childish pencil, sometimes overwritten in pen later and there were later entries in pen and then ultimately in very adult biro or pen writing. Florence had included her parents, her grandparents, her uncles and aunts, her cousins, even her friends and neighbours and later on her children and her many grandchildren. So this book allowed me with research through normal family history sources like births, marriages and the census records to piece together the family in a way that would have taken me a lot longer and I would have been much, much less certain about if I hadn't had that birthday book. The postcard collection was the perfect complement to the birthday book. Sometime in her early childhood, Florence had begun collecting postcards. 
I've never counted them, but there must be at least 150 or 200 or more cards altogether. Some of them are in perfect, unused condition, as if they were bought yesterday. And these give a lovely impression of the times that she grew up in. All sorts of different pictures and photographs that show you a lot about the early part of the 20th century. Others were cards that were sent by various family members, sometimes to Florence, sometimes to her parents or her aunts or uncles, but obviously everybody knew that she collected them. And it was in these cards that I found the second pot of gold. Mum and I sat down and we went through those postcards, the ones that had family information on, one by one. And we documented every snippet of family information from them. This confirmed family addresses, new names that we then went on to identify from birth, marriage and census records. But the biggest puzzle that the postcard solved was confirming who Florence's paternal grandmother was. As I said earlier, we knew nothing about her father's Richard's ancestry when we started. I did find his birth certificate, and when I got that, I saw that he was illegitimate, and his mother was called Esther Towers, no father, of course. Even though I knew the village where he was born, in Lancashire, this led me to dead ends in every direction I tried over a number of years. It was only some years later that I had pieced together what I would call postcard evidence, and I worked out that a woman called Esther Burkett had written postcards that implied that she might be Florence's grandmother, in other words, Richard's mother. The surname Burkett otherwise didn't appear in the family history at all. With that information, I was able to go back to the normal records, and I quickly confirmed that Esther Towers had married Robert Burkett a few years after Richard was born. So there we had the grandmother, and I was able, of course, then to go on and trace her family history much further back. Going back to the birthday book, there was another minor miracle waiting to happen. In the year 2000, Mum and I decided to go on a trip together to see some old family locations. We visited some family in Manchester, Dad's side of the family in fact, and some of the houses where the family lived, including where Dad was born. Dad had only died three years earlier, so it was still rather raw. We wanted to go to Mythamroyd, which is a village in West Yorkshire where Florence was born, but we knew that she had left in the 1920s and Mum had last visited the village herself, as far as I know, in the 1940s when she was a teenager, and she had some strong memories of that visit. So in the birthday book, I had a look for people who might be alive still that might remember Florence. I knew it was a long shot, but I found a birth of a man called Arthur Fielding, who was born in 1917 in the street where Florence had lived in the birthday book. So she was about 13 or so when he, he was born. I knew it was a long shot, but I checked the local phone directory and by some miracle there was an Arthur Fielding living at the same address. So if it was the same man, he would be 83 years old now. Perhaps he would even remember Florence. So I sat down and wrote a letter to Arthur. Yeah, a real letter. This was before email was everywhere. I didn't have any other way of contacting him anyway. He was hundreds of miles away and I didn't think a phone call, even if I could find the number, really was appropriate. So I wrote a letter. And sure enough, I got a reply, it was the same man. When we visited him later, in fact, uh, he had left the village and that house for some years, but he had come back to the same house quite some years earlier. So, once we knew he was the person we thought he was, we arranged to visit him when we were in Mythamroyd. Some weeks later, when we arrived at his door, Arthur welcomed us in. After a tour of the house and some head-scratching from Arthur and some explaining from me, it was clear that he didn't really remember Florence. 
and after all, he had only been 10 or 12 years old when she left the village, so there was no real reason why he would remember her. But Arthur then suggested a neighbour a few streets away who might remember Florence, and he phoned her up, and then she agreed that we could go round and see her. So off we went. Sadly, I've forgotten the name of that neighbour, but I do remember that she lived in a tiny little house. She was uh, quite disabled, and I think about 88 years old. Like Arthur, she scratched her head a lot and thought about it and wasn't able really to help. But again, she thought she knew who could. Olga, she said. Olga will know. She picked up her phone. I remember very clearly the call. It was around lunchtime, and I was quite shocked how stern and certain she was on the phone with Olga. She really didn't give Olga any choice but to come round now. Don't finish your lunch, come now. It was that kind of conversation and popped the phone down very sternly. And just a few minutes later, Olga came in the door. Olga was an upright, thin, elderly lady. I later found out she was then 92 years old. And she had burst into the house with a walking stick in her hand. I asked her if she remembered Florence Towers and the Towers family, and I told her where they lived in the village. She paused for probably a full ten seconds, clearly dredging up memories from the 1920s that she hadn't thought about for a very long time. And then she said, yeah, she had known Florence before Florence had left the village in the 20s. I turned and introduced her to my mum and said, I'd like to introduce you to Florence's oldest daughter, Mrs Audrey. Olga told us that her mother had often sent her across the village with a wicker basket of food to give to Mrs Towers when she was ill and confined to bed. This wasn't Florence's mother, Grace, who had died some years earlier, but it was her stepmother. And in fact, as a quick side note, I'm fairly sure that Florence left the village probably because her father had remarried, and either they didn't get on, or maybe Florence was expected to be the servant, perhaps, in the family in that situation, where she may have decided that it was a good time to leave. <laughs> I later found out that Olga was the retired headmistress of the local grammar school, and I really think that that explained her rather formal and forthright manner. So that's the story of the pots of gold that I found, and the lesson from that for you is sit down with your elderly relatives when you're researching your family history, or of course in these Covid times you may need to do it remotely. But give them time to think and to talk, ask them if they've got papers, ask if they've got anything, photographs or any family papers that might help you with research. You never know what they might dig up and you never know what you don't know until you have the piece of paper that tells you if it's your domain. I can't imagine how much more effort and time and how less certain I would probably be about a lot of my family information if I hadn't had that great amazing start thanks to Florence. And as a quick final example, her grandfather Thomas was born in 1841 and I knew where he was born, and I knew the actual date of birth, thanks to the birthday book. And I know now that if I hadn't known that, there were three Thomas Greenwoods born in the same place, in the same quarter. And those of you who know British family history birth records will know that would have meant I would have had three Thomas Greenwood birth certificates, and I may not have been able to tell which one was him. And I may have been uncertain to this day. But because Florence wrote in her birthday book that Thomas was born at Edgemill, Colden, I was able to find that location and I was able to say for certain that this Thomas must be my great-great-grandfather. So hunt for those bits of paper and those family records 
and please make sure that photograph albums get labelled with the names of the people. They're relatively unuseful if you don't know who the people are. If you've enjoyed my podcast, please hit subscribe. I'd also really appreciate it if you could take just a few moments to leave a brief review on whichever podcast platform you're using to listen to me, to let me know what you think. I'd really appreciate all the feedback you can give me, which will help me improve the content of my podcasts. And finally, if you love family history like I do, come along to my free forever membership site at www.genealogycafe.co.uk where you can share your family stories and get help with your family history research from me and from other members. Once again, the membership site is at www.genealogycafe.co.uk. I'll be back next week with another instalment of the Genealogy Cafe podcast. <laughs>